When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. In this episode, we're going to be exploring, is messy normal? And I'm going to be answering that question with a resounding yes. Now, I think of normal and messy as a spectrum, as a range. And on one end of that range is the extreme of chaos, On the other end of that range is this idea of perfectionism. And when I was doing the notes for this episode, I couldn't help but think about the controversies that are going on in the media right now surrounding a lot of the family vloggers, excuse me, and some of the families that have presented themselves in reality TV shows. And if you're not familiar with either, um, I, I know there's a lot of controversy that has gone on with some of these shows. And the, the controversies range from just confessions of adult children. Some of them are writing books. Some of them are have their platforms of their own, podcasts, etc. And some of them really go into the more tragic. And I'm not going to get into details because, I mean, I'm just seeing this from just a a person out there. I don't know who to trust. I don't know what details are. But the reason I was thinking of these family vloggers is because I thought, wow, this is a great example of when people want to portray. They want to portray something about their, their life, their family, their home. And and this isn't necessarily um, a bad thing necessarily, but I, it, you know, when you have a show, when you have something that's popular, when you're sharing a part of your 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 life, when you're a content creator with using your your life um, to entertain others, it's actually pretty normal just to show one or two kind of dimensions of your life, right? So we're multi-dimensional human beings. Not everyone sees every side of us. They only see sort of the sides that we put out there. I mean, I'm definitely in this camp. I have learned from personal experience, putting myself out there as a podcaster, people see what I want them to see. What I've learned over the years, and this has been something super awkward for me, is especially when it comes with the one-on-one coaching, I love the people that I coach. And I have gotten over the years close to a few of them. And I've learned that doesn't always work out because sometimes when they see the more human side of you, it's almost like they get disappointed. And so they want to carry this ideal. They want to see the dimensions that you had presented and and then it gets kind of awkward when they see you as a whole person. And so I've learned, you know what, it's probably not a good thing for me to do. And so I've just sort of had to, you know, put some boundaries up where like, for instance, the the Facebook group, you know, I definitely want to connect with people in there. But 
I also um, want to respect what they want to put out there. And, you know, I'll expect the same as well. So not letting people in too much. I also had a really interesting experience recently where I sold a house to a family that also has a, a popular family vlog. And I'm not saying anybody is part of any controversy or making any judgment, for goodness sake. I'm also a creator. I put myself out there. So I'm not one to criticize anyone putting themselves out there on any platform whatsoever. I'm just saying I have a a unique perspective on this. But it was interesting. I was super excited when I discovered that my clients had a very popular family vlog on YouTube. But then once we started working, I realized it was actually kind of strange because, again, I'm seeing the whole dimension working with this wonderful family. And it was kind of a, a, a strange experience to see what they presented to the public on their on their channel. So again, actually, I couldn't watch it because I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, also, as a professional organizer, as someone that's worked in a lot of homes over the years, I've been in more homes than most people because it's just part of the career I've chosen. Apparently, I like to go into other people's homes for a living. And so I've I've definitely seen this in a lot of different ways. And I'll go over those ways when it comes to talking about this. But I just thought it was kind of interesting um, connection with um, this because sometimes we'll watch people, whether it be on social media or television show or YouTube channel, and we think, oh my gosh, look at how they live. And then the danger comes when we start to think that we should have to live the same way. And I'm here to tell you again, those of us out there that are content creators, you're not seeing the whole picture. You're not seeing all the behind the scenes that go on. I'm not showing you all the photos of when my life is a little bit more on the chaotic end of the spectrum. So just keep that in mind. We all try to put our best foot forward. And even for those of you that have listened to my podcast for quite some time, I make myself cringe at how honest that I am with you guys Um, sometimes. So I even try to be very honest, very transparent, very real as I can. But let me tell you, it's hard to do. I cringe at myself um, all the time. So it's it's much harder to do than, than maybe you realize. So... Just thought that was an interesting connection when it comes to what is normal when it comes to messy. All right, so let's talk about these extremes for a moment. So again, on one end, chaos. On the other end, perfectionism. Um, so the how do you know if you are in that extreme or if you're getting near to one of those extremes? Well, I have a few things Um for you to consider. Maybe some questions to ask yourself. Maybe some things just to take a look at. Like maybe take a bird's eye view of your life and see, are you kind of nearing one of those extremes? One of those would be, is it causing tension in your home? I want to give you two quick examples of some extreme things that I've seen that were causing tensions. On the chaos end, when I was early on in my business, um, as my career as a professional organizer with One Organized Mama, I received a phone call one day. And if you're for my professional organizer friends out, out there, here, listen to this story because this was a big lesson for me. I received a call from a gentleman who said, "My wife, I think my wife is a hoarder. 
Um, they had a home. I, I think it was a three bedroom home. Um, but they had three children. So two boys and a girl, the two boys, their room had, she, he said, um, she had filled their room. So the boys were no longer able to sleep in it. So they were having a bunk in the sister's room. And so lesson for my professional organizer friends, I did not ask before I scheduled the assessment if his wife knew I was coming. Yeah. So he was frustrated. I wanted to help. Um, so I showed up and I immediately realized the wife did not know I was showing up and he thought he was doing something good. And it, no, no malintent on his part. I honestly, honestly think what he was doing, he really was desperate. He was desperate for help because what this situation was causing was so much tension between the three children. You can imagine, I have three kids and kids are territorial, siblings fight. And you can imagine if these two little boys aren't able to have their space in their room and they're encroaching on their sister's space, how much tension and fighting was going in on that home. So even though I immediately realized, oh my gosh, this poor woman has no idea that her husband has called me. I'm a people person, right? So I was like, hey, look, just let's, I'm, I'm happy just to sit and chat with you. No judgment. I promise. I first asked if um, she would mind showing me the home. She said, no, I respected that. I said, okay, let's just sit down some more. Let's just, let's just talk for a minute. The husband took off because he knew he was, he was dead, <laughs> a dead man walking. And so I can't even imagine what happened after I left. But I do think I, I, she and I had actually a very productive conversation. I actually ended up being there for about 45 minutes. She was incredibly sweet. She just, she knew she had a problem. She wasn't ready to address that problem. I completely respected it. And before I actually left, she was willing to actually show me the house on her own. I didn't ask again. She offered it. And I just gave her some suggestions. And I knew I wasn't going to hear back from them. I certainly didn't follow up because what an awkward situation. I mean, right? I wouldn't want somebody doing that to me. And But again, I don't blame the husband in, in any way, shape, or form. He was desperate. He probably just saw his family, saw the tension in the home, and just needed to do something. I always think back to that and I always hope because she was quite receptive, such a sweet lady. And I, I can't help but think that maybe some of the stuff that I shared with her, I was very frank. I was very honest. Um, but I was also very understanding with her situation and stuff. And I did give her some tips. And, you know, she I, I felt like we left as as good as we could. We parted ways. Um, again, very, she was very respectful um, and very grateful that I took the time just to talk to her. And she just needed someone to talk to for a bit. So, but that's an, that's kind of an extreme example of some tension. I've seen it on the other end when it comes to this ideal perfectionism. There's a family that I'm thinking of that I know personally, and no one can do anything correctly in this home except for one parent. I'm not even going to tell you which parent that is, but three children. And so when it comes time for cleaning, the children have never been given a chore. Their job while this one parent cleans the entire house is to sit on the couch to just not make a mess. These children are not even allowed to clean their own bedrooms. In fact, 
the children have learned to not even sleep under the covers of their bed. They actually just have like a little blanket and they go to sleep on top of the covers for fear of messing up the bed and not making it making it up properly. So that's another extreme. This level of intensity has also caused a lot of tension. This is not somebody that is um, amenable to like being open or wanting any kind of help, feedback, anything. This is how it's done. And that's just the way it is. But a lot of tension, a lot of tension in that home. So two examples of the extremes. I am the next point is I'm in the big believer that a home should be a respite. That should be your escape from the the world, not just yours, but your families, your spouses, your children. And so if your home does not feel like your respite and nobody wants to be home, that might be a sign that you're in one of the extremes. Again, again, causing tension in the home. It doesn't even feel like a comfortable place for anyone to be. That's one of the signs that maybe whatever, wherever you're at might not be so normal. Um, I'm a big believer in kids' spaces should not be Instagrammable. They shouldn't be something that you put on Pinterest. If you are posting, sorry, judgment here, go ahead and slay me. I don't care. I'm really, really believe it. But I feel like if you are Instagramming photos of your children's playrooms, spaces, kids' spaces, then you have some very unhappy children in your home. (laughs) I'm just going to go out there and say it. Um, I feel like kids' spaces should be personal. I also feel like they should be private to a certain degree. I'm not saying you, as a parent, can't go into your teenager's room. Heck yes, you can. But they should also be a place for them to express themselves. Um, I don't like Instagrammable playrooms. I think they're ridiculous. Have I shared photos of my kids' play spaces or their their stuff on social media? I have. But guess what? I also did a lot of staging, threw out a lot of junk. I I went in there. I did a lot of cleaning up, tidying. Guess what? The kid probably wasn't even involved if I got a photo of it. And so, yes, I've I've been guilty of doing that as well. But I'm also tried to be very transparent with people to say, you know, some of these are just ideas that I've tried sharing over the years. I actually don't do it anymore because I just think it's kind of ick. And um, and my kids get to express themselves and they have certain rules that they have to follow. They need to keep their rooms to a certain standard as far as like, I don't want to see food wrappers, um, been there, done that um, with the kids. Like I don't take food. If, if, we start having a problem with like massive clutter, then it's time to start throwing stuff out. So they, they pretty much know, but they also get to express themselves in their room and their rooms are private. It's not something that I'm going to be sharing all over social media. Um, because again, I am a believer that the home should be a respite for the children as well. And who wants, I mean, remember when you're a kid, who wants someone to dictate how you play with your toys? My gosh, how boring is that? What about if guests don't feel comfortable? Have you, again, two extremes. Have you ever been a guest in a home? I remember a home where they were, it was my, I had never been in the home before. And this was part of like um, a group my husband and I belonged to. And uh, we were warned, no shoes in the house, no shoes in the house, no shoes in the house. And so when 
we showed up to the house and we showed up with a group of people and we were all kind of warned, like, bring socks if you don't want to be barefoot, but no shoes in our house. Our house is um, pristine. Um, I think that was the word they used, actually. And we showed up and far from pristine. We'll just say that. And we still had to take off our shoes. And I, I don't even think I brought socks because I was like, I mean, again, I've been in a million homes. It's not uncommon to encounter a home that is pristine and you feel <clears throat> completely comfortable taking your shoes off in. Um, not so much with this. <clears throat> and it was kind of like um, <clears throat> a little bit of a funny memory that we have with some of our friends. Like, remember that time? <laughs> where everyone was a little mortified because it was just, it was more very much on the chaotic end of, um, of the spectrum, but we were required to walk around barefoot. And so made us feel uncomfortable as guests in this home. Uh, the other end of the extreme, and I will um, give this personal story because I have, the person probably knows that I am sharing it because I have teased her about it over the years. And that is my precious, precious aunt that had the most beautiful home I had ever seen as a child. We were like the poor kids of the family. So like, I mean, I was such a weird kid. Like every time I went to this home, I was obsessed. I probably remember every detail of this home because I had just never seen anything like it in my entire life. <laughs> Maybe that's what sparked my interest to be in homes as an adult. Hmm. But anyway, I remember the guest bathroom and we were not allowed to use it if we dared use this bathroom. I remember we, if we washed our hands in the sink, we had to wipe out the sink. And when you're a kid coming from like a two bedroom apartment with one bathroom, like this is like another world to you. And it just imprinted on me so much as a kid. And I've teased her about it, but you were definitely not allowed to take a shower or a bath in that bathroom. And, you know, certainly like if like only in the case of an emergency were you allowed to even use it, period. But um, we've teased her about it over the years. But I just remember, again, a lot of rules. And um, I mean, I was definitely very loved in this home. I I loved my aunt. um, But we as as adults now, we kind of tease her about it. Like, remember all the rules we had to follow in your home, you know, and it wasn't just us as kids. She expected this of the adults as well. So, so many rules to follow. Obviously, no shoes, um, wiping out the sink. Um, there were certain rooms you weren't even allowed to like go in. You couldn't sit on the couch. Like I remember this beautiful couch she had and you weren't allowed to sit on it. What what the heck is a couch meant for then? But whatever. But so many rules in this home to the point where it would make f- people feel uncomfortable. So, And I've been in a few of those as an adult as well. But does your home make people, guests, feel uncomfortable? Um, Maybe another sign is there's too much energy or discussion or focus on just your home, whereas other areas of your life fall by the wayside. So maybe you are, again, family, a lot of tension in family relationships, so your family bucket's not going so well. Maybe you're not staying on top of your finances. You haven't been to the gym for a minute because your focus is on your home. 
what happened to social hobby? Have you even had any friends? Maybe you haven't because people are uncomfortable coming over to your home. So that might be a sign that you're kind of near one of those extremes. And lastly, a sign is either you have no idea where to put stuff, no idea what to do with the stuff, or life can't happen unless the thing is put away. Like, obviously, I want everyone to, to get into good routines and maintaining their home and tidying. But if you can't function because something is out of place and not in their home, then that might be a sign that you're leaning towards one of the extremes. Now, I always stay in my lane with this. I don't ever claim to have all of the solutions. I only talk from my own personal experience and perspective. But if you do feel like you are struggling with one of these extremes, I do encourage you to seek whatever help you feel like you need to seek. And there's a wide range of those, whether it be professional organizing, therapy, counseling, whatever, <clears throat> definitely encourage you because there is, there's a lot of help out there for anyone that's struggling. And again, normal, you might be close to one of these and still be very normal. I, I want to reiterate that as well. So let's talk about some examples of being normal. What are normal things? Daily clutter. So if your family is actively living in the house and you're bringing stuff in, taking stuff out, you're going to have a normal amount of clutter. And you're going to see those clutters in sort of what I like to call the traffic zones. And I always call them the drop zones. So when you come in your house, everyone has natural drop zones. So it's like the stuff where like you don't walk in and most people don't walk in and immediately put their purse in the spot that it belongs and it's going to stay for the rest of the evening. Usually come in and you just drop stuff. Kids drop stuff. Like it's very kind of unusual for kids to come in and put their shoes very neatly in their closet immediately and then hang their backpack where it's supposed to go. So if you if you find like drop zones in the high traffic areas of your home, you're normal. That is normal. So it's a normal collection of clutter. Clutter around kid areas. Kids are like little like little squirrels. I always think of the kids as little squirrels. They're like collecting little stuff throughout their day and they bring it home to their little nest and it just kind of builds up over time. So again, to me, that's kind of a normal kid space. And they always have like, you know, this is the rock that they found when they were on the hike with the family. Um, they found this this cool like bottle cap, you know, by the bus stop and it just they thought it was cool. And I mean, that's kids exploring their worlds. That is normal. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> I will go in and when the rock collection, well, we call them treasures. So we've always called them treasures in our family home just to honor the item. But sometimes if I will go through those treasures, if those treasures are kind of becoming a treasure mountain, and I'll sort of go through and be like, what's this rock? Tell me what this rock, and I'll kind of remember <clears throat> that's the rock that they got, what you know, at the zoo or whatever. And if they're like, uh, so I, uh, I don't remember. Well, I'm like, you know what? Then we're not honoring it anymore. You know, we so kind of going through that same process with your kids, and sometimes you will find they will have an item that they've collected that really does have significant meaning to them. And yes, of course, I let them keep it. My oldest is in his, his late 20s. And I've still come across items and I'm like, what is this? And if he can remember, he can keep it. If he has no idea what that is, then out it goes. 
And so I still use the same thing. Again, giving them some agency over their <clears throat> over their life, over their little respite and their little nest, those little squirrel nests. Okay, so completely normal. Another example of normal, <clears throat> excuse me, is in the areas where your family gathers. So family room, kitchens, if your family kind of gathers in the kitchen, which is very normal, and that's where clutter is kind of building up, completely normal. Another idea of or example of normal is everything has a place where it belongs. Now we're not panicking about like, oh, put everything away immediately. But we're going through a process and we have a routine, whether hopefully it's a 20 daily 20 minute tidy where everyone say after dinner or before bed is like, okay, everyone come put your stuff away where it belongs for the evening so that you can kind of tidy up the space. And everyone knows where the stuff is supposed to go. If it doesn't have a home, you're creating a home for it. Completely normal. And what else do I have for normals? Oh, you have systems in place to keep clutter under control. So I I always keep like um, a bag or a box or bin for collecting like normal stuff. So if, as I'm doing laundry folding, I'm like, I know these are too small. I don't know why this keeps coming through, cycling through the, the laundry because a lot of times kids will try it on. Doesn't fit. Where does it go? It goes in the hamper. Even though you might say, look, if it doesn't fit you, go put it in the 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 donate bin. They don't always. Um, But you can kind of go through and you have a system. This doesn't, this doesn't fit anymore. We're going to donate it. This is broken. We're going to toss it. You're just kind of going through the items as you put stuff away and you have a system for keeping clutter under control. Um, Excuse me. So the steps that you need, if you're like a system, I teach a four-step system and it's step one, declutter and sort. Step two, create a zone. Step three, uh, label and contain. And step four, teach and maintain. So if you're struggling with this, here's just a really quick, quick, easy tip. Take an item. So you're decluttering, you're keeping it, you're creating a quick home, you may be containing it. So maybe you're putting it in a container and then you're maintaining that space. You're again, the maintenance part is when we use it at some time during your day, it goes back in the spot that it belongs. So rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. All right, moving on, what to do if you are in the extremes. So again, like I said, you know, definitely um, if it's something that you really are struggling with, by all means, seek help. There's a lot of different opportunities out there, a lot of resources out there. I am, again, just staying in my lane as a former professional organizer and someone who just likes to talk about this a lot. Um, So I'm not uh, an expert whatsoever. Um, But I want you to focus, number one, on some other areas of your life, um, not just your home. So I talked about this just a little bit. So A lot of times what I've seen that has happened is when there are areas of your life um, that kind of fall by the wayside. And I've seen this again with the extremes that I talked about, the personal extremes where, you know, there's a family tension. So maybe you need to spend a little bit more time as a family, maybe perhaps work together as a family, because I feel like a lot of times, sometimes there's like that person 
in the home and who struggles with the clutter or whatever. And it, it, they seem to become kind of like the target for everything. And they feel like they're the target, whether they are or aren't is, but it, that's what the tension is often about. And so maybe just kind of spending time together, talking some of this stuff out, um, that might be something that needs to be done working together. If that's something you know, just some help. I know I certainly reach my boiling point sometimes with my family where there are times where my family, <laughs> I swear, will be sitting there and I have two different, sometimes three different people talking to me at the same, like we're all at the same table. I'm like, guys, you guys are all talking at me at the same time. I can't even, can't even digest what anyone is saying. And so just sometimes that person just might need to be have a sounding board themselves or express themselves um, and say, hey, I also need help too. So I, my kids know, my husband knows I'm definitely not shy asking for help when I need. And I'll, I'll be very specific about different areas where I need. So maybe if the home is feeling a little crazy or chaotic, you know, I'll tell them, hey, here's how you can step in. Um, maybe I get tired of, of, you know, handling the budget or the finances. So I kind of hand that over to my husband from time to time, just like you handle it. Like I hate doing taxes. So that just needs to be my husband's wheelhouse because the, the IRS would be hunting me down if that was left up to me. Um, so I just, I hate kind of dealing with all of that kind of stuff. So conquer and divide when it comes to this. And um, But also, if it's something that you struggle with, maybe you just need to sort of let go and put some focus in some other areas. Not to the point where you're neglecting your home, but perhaps you are just needing to get motivated or find some energy. So maybe it's focusing on your physical and health bucket for a little bit. You haven't, like I said, been to the gym for a minute. You, you've been neglecting your physical health. Getting out there, getting a good exercise routine will motivate you. Well, certainly, I know when I go and I work out, I'm really motivated for a couple of hours when I come home. That's really kind of when I'm like, whew, I'm going to get a lot of stuff done or run errands or whatever. Maybe you just kind of feel like life is like no fun and you need to find the fun again. It's okay to look at your social and hobby bucket. Like what makes you have fun? I had this conversation with um, a friend recently and um, it's someone that helps me out with my business and my home and she's super sweet. And so we were just chatting and I was like, so now that your kids, her, her youngest is now in school. So she's has all school age children. And so I was just curious. I'm like, what do you, what, where do you see yourself? Are you looking for a full-time job? Are you like, where are you at? And so she's like, actually, I am focusing back on my hobbies. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And she's so sweet. She was, I was like, what are they? I want to know. And so she's really into painting. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm, I admire people that can do that. Cause I cannot, I'm not that creative. My creative outlet is cooking it. That's it. That's as creative as I get. So I was, um, asking her a lot of questions about it. And she was saying that, yeah, one of the areas that she, now that she's a little bit more time on her hands, she wants to start focusing on how learning how to draw faces and just learning more in the drawing aspect. And so that's what she was looking at. So that's someone I thought, wow, what a great example of someone who's like, hey, my my focus 
has gone a little bit for my family. I've opened up this little more pocket of time in my life. And so I'm going to fill it with my social hobby bucket. And painting and drawing is something that makes her feel happy. Perhaps you have something like that where it, it doesn't always, life doesn't have to be all work, no play. Have play a little bit, have fun. Take an example from my friend here who is saying, hey, Maybe I'll take a drawing class and just something that she just really loves to do. And as she talks about it, you can see that passion in her eyes for for her hobby. So look at other areas of your life and where can you invest some of your time in and maybe kind of balance things out a bit. Okay, two songs when it comes, if you're dealing in the extremes or nearing the extremes is number one, let it go. These are just let it go. Let that be your your uh, motto if you are, and I can't sing the song. I think it's from Frozen, right? I I've ne- have never even seen Frozen, but I've heard the song plenty of times. <clears throat> let it go. Let it go. Like go through the process. If, if you're holding on to things, if things are in chaos, let it go. Just find whatever it is that you need to listen to some podcasts. There are a lot, a lot of my friends out there in the professional organizing world have some wonderful podcasts about helping you let go. I have some. Use all of us. Listen to all of us for some tips on how to let things go. Because in order to get organized and to conquer a lot of these issues, you do. You have to get rid of some of the stuff. You have to let the stuff go. If you're on the opposite end, my friends that are, you know, my perfectionist friends out there, a lot of you guys probably don't even listen to me, to be honest, just because I harp on this one so much. But how about let it be? The Beatles. I love the Beatles. So let it be. Walk away. Focus on the moment. Just be present. Um, and one of the things <clears throat> that I always tell my kids I didn't make it up. I probably heard it somewhere is that gratitude always changes your attitude. So sometimes I have to just realize this, like if something just isn't going my way, or I'm just not happy with something, I have to, I have to take what I tell others, especially my children and tell myself, remind myself of like, just let it be, let it be, be in the moment, have some gratitude, appreciate the fact that, hey, this isn't going my way. <clears throat> I'm having a hard time letting this be. But you know what? I'm in this place or I'm with these people or I'm in this moment. And that is a wonderful thing just in itself. And just let it be. Gratitude changes your attitude. Okay, let's work on the why. Why are you holding on to items? Um, why are you, why does this matter so much? Um, why is the, the image so important to you? Who are you trying to impress and why, why does this matter? Why do these things matter? So whether it's something that you are having a hard time of letting go, ask yourself, why, why am I having a hard time letting this go? There's a lot of different reasons. I've talked about a lot of these reasons on my podcast. If it's sentimental, if it's because it costs a lot of money, if it's because you don't, you know, whatever. There's a million reasons. But just ask yourself why. Sometimes if you're holding on to something 
It's just as simple. It's just like, why am I holding on to this? And I've seen it happen so many times, guys, with clients. And again, my job as a professional organizer, I've kind of in the camp of like a little bit of tough love. And that's where I would do. I would be like, why? Why do you want to hold on to this? And they were allowed to make the decision. I wasn't mean, judgmental about it. And they would say, I don't know. Okay, let's put it aside for a second. Let's put it aside for a minute. And let's keep working. Let's keep working on this other stuff. And it was always so fascinating to watch because a lot of times without another word being spoken, they would go take that item and then they would perhaps either find a home for it or put it in that donation pile. And so they discovered their why. They just needed someone to ask them why. Why are you holding on to that? So again, Sometimes we don't always have that person there to ask us, so we have to ask ourselves why. And also why is the, let's talk about the other end, the perfectionism. Why is that so important to you? Why do you, why does it matter how other people perceive you? Why is this something that's, you know, a, an ideal that you want to present? I mean, I I can also relate to this a lot. I can probably, you'll be surprised to know, relate to this end of the spectrum a little bit more than the chaotic side because I feel like oftentimes I have to present something because I've had experiences when people do see my more human side, they reject me. It's happened. I've, I'm, like I said, even with this podcast, I've had that happen where I was, you know, in a situation and, you know, showing these sides. And then I opened up these other dimensions to myself and I got rejected. And that hurts and that stings and that's humiliating and that's embarrassing. It's even hard to admit to you guys right now. But I sometimes feel comfortable just portraying this image and not letting people too close, having those walls up because it feels safe. And I feel protected behind those walls. That's just, again, something from my own perspective. Um, I have a tendency to trust a little too much and too hard. And sure enough, (laughs) a lot of times I just end up regretting that in the end. So I understand that end of the spectrum more than you might think. And it's probably why I am so critical about perfectionism because I feel it and I've experienced it. All right, moving on. um, Another thing I want you to consider are what are your goals? And I talk about this with my time management journal. I talk about the seven time buckets. The time buckets are how I want you to organize your life. You don't divide it up like 24 hours in a day and each gets 2.25 hours. It doesn't work that way. But the the point of this is like when you're going through a brainstorming exercise and activity. I just had my oldest do this, by the way. Um, And he said he actually, it worked for him. So he's excited to share it with me. But um, I want you to go through all of the different areas of your life that do take up your time, work, home, family, finances, social hobby, physical health, and quiet time. And we should be investing our time in at least one of those buckets throughout our week. Are we going to hit them all every day? Nope, not likely. Usually it's normal to hit three to five per day. So work, family, home. Some days that's all that's getting done. 
on some good days, perhaps you can also get in physical health and then sit down and work on the budget and get finances in on a really super productive day. So that's five. So three to five buckets on what you work on daily, but it's you're not working seven days a week, I hope, or you're not, you know, uh, I mean, you know, there's some buckets, yeah, that don't take as long. So maybe you're, you are working out seven days a week. So you have physical health that you're doing seven days a week, but you're not doing it, you know, four to four to six hours. You're probably doing it, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, whatever, two hours. And so it's attainable. It's something that you can do seven days a week. So anyway, I won't get into the weeds and of that so much, but Take a look. Take a look at some of those other areas of your life again. And the process that I teach when it comes to this is brainstorm, prioritize, plan. Get everything out of your head and onto paper. Circle your priorities and then incorporate those. Break them down into attainable goals, things that you can do on a daily basis. So plan your days. And lastly, creating a daily routine. So this is something that can help no matter where you are on that spectrum of messy. Creating a daily routine. I'm a big fan of the 20-minute tidy. I'm a big fan of getting everyone in the family involved. So here's, if you can incorporate this 20 minutes a day, put on some music, uh, put on a timer, whatever you want to do, and just tell everyone, hey, this is going to be our new routine, 20 minutes a day, after dinner, before bedtime, whatever where everyone just kind of puts everything away after at the end of the day, this makes a big difference. And it alleviates some of the stress that you may feeling no matter where you are on the spectrum. Number one, if you're on the the end where it's like more perfectionism, then it may be just, you know, (laughs) those things are going to go in their home. You're going to focus on what you're focusing on at the moment. Maybe you're just helping your kids with their schoolwork and just kind of listening about their day or you're on a work call and you're still noticing, oh my gosh, look at those backpacks over there. You can just, you can relax and know, hey, when we get to our 20 minute tidy, the kids know part of that routine is going and hanging up their backpacks. You don't have to over stress about it at the moment. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to just live in the moment and focus on that because we know part of our daily routine is to put those away. Also, um, 20 minutes, if it's just something you struggle with, you can do 20 minutes. You can incorporate this easily into your life if you feel like you're on the chaotic end and go through and just say, okay, 20 minutes a day, I'm going to uh, just put stuff away. And you'll, you'll see, once you get into some of these habits, your, your life, your home stays a lot more tidy than you would, than you realize. It's actually... Again, having just some of these daily routines, I also like having each person in the family have three areas or three chores that they do on a daily routine in addition. And these can be done like anytime, like right after school or work or first thing in the morning or whatever, um, where three daily chores are done in addition to a 20-minute tidy at the end of the day. So... By assigning yourself three chores that you do every day and then towards the end of your day doing a 20-minute tidy, you will be surprised at how much doing these little tiny things, uh, the kind of impact it makes over time. So hopefully I helped. Hopefully I just made you 
have a little bit of more understanding when it comes to normal. I mean, like what is normal? There's not just one set ideal for normal. Normal, again, is a range. It's a spectrum. We just want to make sure that we're kind of staying away from the extremes too much because, again, our homes should be our respite. Our homes should be a respite for all family members that live in the home. And and like I said, let your little squirrels build their nests as long as the nest isn't getting like super wacky crazy. But I think it's a lot of fun. And I promise you, as someone who has older children, it's it's a moment. It's a season. It's It's a fleeting moment. And one day you'll look back on those memories and you'll miss those little nests. You'll miss those little treasures, especially when they're just grumpy adults and they don't remember. And like, why did you keep, why did you keep that crap of mine? <laughs> And at least you can say like, you know what, Uh, in the moment, I appreciated it. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Don't forget, if you are interested in the member-only Facebook group, there is a link in the show notes. If you have any questions about it, it shouldn't be complicated. It's just joining a Facebook group. But I... It's hard. I I get it. So just feel free to email me or you can message me on Facebook or Instagram and I'll help get you over there. I do want to do some things with you guys in there. Um, I I have a lot of people kind of just waiting in the wings, um, trying to get everyone over in there. And then once I do get a few more people over there, I'd love to do a Q&A Zoom, like a face-to-face. You see my face. You get to answer, uh, ask me questions, and I'll answer them for you guys. I'd love to get that set up and just have you guys connect over there with some other phenomenal people. So consider joining. It's nine bucks a month, and the link is in the show notes in the Buy Me a Coffee. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast. 